once put a trigger warning on trigger warnings. Crazy week in Philadelphia here with a entire highway collapsing. I-95 <laughs> goes down, man. Uh, Trump, Trump uh, turned himself in down in Miami. Uh, we'll get into some uh, national politics, uh, Trump and Biden. And uh, I want your thoughts on Tucker Carlson essentially snubbing Fox News after having a non-disclosure, non-compete agreement in his contract. Welcome to the other side. My name is Dan Borowski, the producer of the Dom Giordano program right here on 1210 WPHT Philadelphia. You can see us every day here on YouTube at noon for Dining with Dom. You can listen to us every day, noon to three on the Odyssey app. Here with, again, uh, Anthony, Anthony, uh, Morning Show, Dawn's producer, really the every tool man here at the station. Yes, uh, doing it all. Yeah, man. So uh, getting into it, first off, uh, I-95 collapses, a, a truck uh, veers off the road, uh, goes under an underpass, explodes, fire, uh, melts the bridge <sighs> from bottom up. And uh, the bridge goes down. So we had a water crisis this year. We had... Uh, this uh, smoke that was in this city last week, and then you have <laughs> the biggest thoroughfare in the entire city collapsing. Uh, it's what's just next, the icing what's on next the cake. Just yeah. the icing on the cake. Yeah, we continue to uh, have amazing things catch national headlines for tragic reasons. Uh, it's terrible, <laughs> <yeah>. right? <laughs> it's so, like Philadelphia. Yeah. I, I, I wonder what people are thinking around the country. Like, if you're tuning in, I, I send this to some of my guys in my Madden leagues. And <laughs> if you're tuning in, what's the uh, impression of Philadelphia on a national scale at this point? Yeah, I mean, people think uh, <laughs> we've gone to hell, I think, really. But a lot of this stuff, wrong? don't blame us. This isn't all our fault. Um, but uh, it, it really does suck. You know, you can't even go to the airport and pick up your son the way that we talked to Mark Fu this week. I know he, he was on with Zioli. He was on with Dawn. He, he was one of the first people to have a video, he was thinking it was a brush fire, mm -hmm. as many did who drove over uh, 95 yeah, at that could time. Could you imagine being one of those people that drove over that? Well, time? and then... When you look, especially even at his video, which was early, apparently, uh, it dips. The road's starting to dip already. Like, you could see the cars kind of going like down a little bit. Yeah, and and then when it's later... Uh, there was the, already smoke and all. Yeah, too, like yeah. And, and then later on, other people were taking TikToks as well, and they were driving through, and that the plume of smoke was huge at this point. They didn't want to drive through, and people were, like, holding their breath. And going, well, which I, I, I would have not. I would have just that's stopped. That's my question. If you, I would, if you I see would've. that coming up on the highway, no, are you? No, no, no. You don't expect no. the damn thing to collapse, though. And I know. I, I mean, in Mark Fu's defense, I did not. You know, he thought it was so a brush fire. Tell me the story, so, Mark, because I didn't catch the interview. First off, plug where we can find it, and second, tell me what he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. If you go to, uh, if you look up the Don Stensland show on Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, anywhere, you'll find the the interview there. Uh, but Mark pretty much, and he was on every, you know, his pretty little face was on every national, I think he was on NBC, yeah, he, he was, was on everywhere. with Fox News, he was with everyone, yeah. So he was one of the first videos just in general nationally, everyone picked it up. But he was on his way to pick up his son from the airport on the turnpike going as normal, you know. And as we said earlier, he said to us verbatim, he thought it was a brush fire and immediately on his way back, traffic got way worse. They got wind of what had happened. Yeah. And I mean, it was just pure chaos and ensued after that. And thank God, thank God, uh, you know, they didn't get to go back and, and things didn't get a, even more catastrophic. And thank God that was on a Sunday. Yeah. If that was on a Monday or a Tuesday, could you imagine? Could you ima like oh my rush God. Hour? Oh my God. Uh, thank God. Especially with the weight of stopped cars there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah, I, I guess as, and, and, and 
obviously tragic for the driver that was found dead and the family. Terrible. Um, nobody wants to see that. I heard from a source that it might have been a medical episode that led to this. So keep that it's in mind. It's true, and that is a, I believe that's a hill as well, isn't it? Do you have the video? Yeah, we do have the video. Yeah, I think we, we do have, have a video, video here of... Uh, yeah, this was uh, released earlier from Steve Keeley after coming on with uh, the Dom Show. Yeah, uh, but this was the new angle. Also available via podcast, uh, Odyssey app. Um, here's the angle. Yeah, coming down that corner there pretty, pretty quick. Goes down. And it looks like he goes down that hill that you're talking about there, right? Like a little embankment. Yep, and then there's the clo- the corner right there, and it's almost immediate explosion. Yeah, kaboom. Yep. And that, I, I mean... I, to me, to me, especially truck drivers, they're very, very qualified. They know what they're doing. They are constantly regulated and told to take new tests, et cetera. I can only imagine they know how careful they have to be, and it's especially near an older, you know, infrastructure city. Yeah. I, I mean, in my opinion, like you said, that something like a medical episode does make sense because, I mean, if this guy was a truck driver, they've gone through this. They know it. They know it's, yeah. you know, harmful fuel pipe. You never know what could be in those tanks, and and capsizing like that is just. I mean, it's awful. How can I blame Krasner? I've <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, been hanging out no with I'm trying yeah. too hard, man, to blame you. <laughs> uh, but do you do you place the blame anywhere here? I mean, is, is it just a freak accident? You think? Well, I, I think this goes to the constant, constant just pushing off infrastructure yeah. infrastructure especially in the northeast where these cities have been here for decades you mm-hmm. know i mean at this point centuries it's you know th- these are the oldest cities in the country philadelphia among them we need to maintain these roads and build them with first of all better materials we have to make sure that they're constantly improving i know we all complain about construction but at this point we build things to almost get destroyed like why aren't we going toward a different goal why aren't we using better materials why aren't we asking the right questions it can't be you know i think this really brings an opportunity for this can't be another oh how does this affect me in my commute this needs to be a okay Mm -hmm. we say we all care about government now we want to hold people accountable left or right and and we want our tax dollars to work how about we all like as citizens really look into this and really push our local government you know whether you're in the suburbs or in the city because this affects everyone well, no matter who it is particularly so, in the city i mean we're talking 95 here that's yeah. a, uh, well not state, not only that it, it it affects literally the entire region when it comes to logistics yeah. and all of that yeah. so Shipping supply and, chain yeah, yeah. yeah. commutes uh, but also i mean even on the the more micro scale you're talking about people in city infrastructure you look over in port richmond man and that's where I uh, sleep or rest my head. Um, mm. But block by block, it's almost, it's just happening slowly. It, streets are just dropping out under and you're having these huge sinkholes that are like 15 feet by 15 feet. And I, uh, I, I'm sitting here wondering, you know, what, what the hell is the city doing where this is happening, first off? Uh, but second, the, the, the idea behind how this happened was uh, they they closed off where Delaware turns into Richmond Ave in Port Richmond. Uh, they closed off Richmond Ave to do some construction, tearing it up so they can put in new trolley lines. Uh, and they diverted a bunch of trucks down one-way roads in Port Richmond, more narrow roads. And those roads apparently uh, built so long ago that they weren't graded for the weight of these trucks. And over time, uh, with pipes under them that are rusted and 
uh, pipes break because of the pressure or it just pretty much drops down. And that's exactly what you're talking about. We have roads here in Philadelphia that are so old that because of the wear and tear, they're now just dropping under them. Houses are being affected by this. And Well, in a neighborhood like that, too, where like Port Richmond is a true Philadelphia neighborhood in a neighborhood sense. And I'm not saying that something like Center City is also a neighborhood, but this has been so built up by corporate money. Mm -hmm. And I mean, really, since the 80s, Center City's been built up. So a lot of those things, regulations, weight limits, new piping, new gas lines, all those things, they are a lot more back of mind for Center City and, and a lot of the more quote unquote traditional Philadelphia areas. But when it comes down to it, Port Richmond, which is, you know, kind of right there against the water. We have to, and again, that goes back to my point of infrastructure. They have to see things like this coming. We can't say, oh, well, there's another route and then not think about, oh, well, these are 200 ton trucks that yeah. have never been on these roads. Is that going to, yeah, a lot. you know, <laughs> never, never, I, I get never ruin a good story with the truth. But uh, yeah, it just, it's insane how we continue to like kind of sit in this limbo of knowing everything's not capable of working, but still acting like, oh, it'll be fine. Yeah. So I think that's the complacency, whether it's voters or politicians. I think a lot of the time, just for our own convenience, we're like, yeah, well, it'll be fine. And it's not always fine. No. There's a lot of monotony that goes into producing here at 1210. A lot of listening to long things, trying to find sound bites. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you uh, took the time to listen to today was Pete Buttigieg, Department of... <laughs> Uh, uh, what is he? Uh, uh, Secretary of yeah. Transportation or yeah, Department of Transportation? Um, chief of, he he came to Philadelphia yeah. to comment on this, and you, you took a watch. Was there anything that stood out from the press conference to you? Uh, he corrected how they said East Palestine. I saw that, and it was after a question <laughs> from Linda Stein, Linda Stein over at Delaware Valley Journal, a great oh, writer. Uh, essentially said, "Oh no, you know what? Yeah, that was her. I think it said, uh, how, how did it take you so long to get out to East Palestine?'" She said. Well, first of all, it's East Palestine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Her last name's Stein, okay. man. Like, come on. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a mistake for her. She says her name every single day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely that angle of it. Why was he so quick to respond to this? Whereas, you know, East Palestine kind of went under the radar for so long. Yeah. I mean, it seems like this is something that affects more people generally in the region. So that's why maybe he's a little quicker to it. It's depressing that he didn't he should be at everything immediately isn't that his job yeah and and you know the talking points today it's just so lazy they don't want to commit any money mm-hmm. i mean all he really has to go out there and say is hey uh listen we hear you we understand this impacts everyone this impacts us at dc this impacts the entire northeast region this impacts new york new england etc do some big spiel say we have trucks from dc coming uh they're going to be expediting this process helping uh governor shapiro mayor kenny and we were going to be next to you every step of the way. Uh, if you guys have any questions on how this is going to happen, first demolition needs to happen, then we'll send these trucks, et cetera, et cetera. It is really not that hard. I could write that. I could be the PR person that writes that. It's not hard, but they just don't want to commit the money. Bottom line. And it's crazy. And, you know. And it's a, I'm going to cut you off because it's what we talked about a lot on air on the Dom show is mm-hmm. uh, if you throw money behind it, if you incentivize workers, um, you can get this done pretty quickly. You look at I-85, I think it was, down in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I think it was a 43-day turnaround. They had a similar situation where the entire portion of the highway collapsed, and they incentivized workers, threw money at them, and said, get this fixed. I don't care how much it costs. Yeah, Charles in the chat saying it's an easy win. Exactly. Yeah. Democrats are dying for a win, and they can't even throw some money at a problem like this. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, seriously, if you're 
Biden, you should really be pushing Pete to go back out there tomorrow and do something really here. Do something real here. Like prove well, to people that you're Steve capable Keeley, of something. Steve Keeley says that there, uh, the, the legend where it stands right now is uh, the contractors are meeting with engineers, are meeting with Buttigieg, everything, and they hope to have a plan tomorrow rolled out. After the demolition, yeah, they said as soon as tomorrow. So Yeah. We'll see. What are, what are you satisfied with? Dom, <laughs> Dom said end of July. I said Labor Day. If they get it done within the summer, I'll be astonished. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll be Everything thrilled. Moves so I mean, I look hope. at the I-95 project. It's been going on for like a decade. I think it's been extended three times. Yeah, are people still going to go to the shore this summer now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they'll the find Northeast. a way to get there. Yeah. Uh, talking about easy wins for Democrats, um, what they probably think is an easy win, but I want to ask you the question. Donald Trump turning himself in after the indictment. A classified doxy zero on the eyes. I don't, um, and I don't even really like Trump. I'll be honest; he's not. I, I didn't vote for him. But you see the bi- absolute bias. In it's ridiculous. Pursuing. It's absolutely ridiculous, and especially on top of how this continues to come out against Biden and their alleged documents, and their yeah, certain also having similar types of malfeasance documents, money laundering. Who knows what else? Wait, that's, I don't mean to cut you off, but that's where I, I want to hone in on because I think I feel we're missing an opportunity just across conservative radio that we need to. It's not a conspiracy anymore that they time release things to happen to cover up other bullshit. And what they're covering up right now is this Hunter Biden Burisma investigation. You have a witness here that Chuck Grassley announced today has legitimate phone calls with both Hunter and President Biden uh, implicating them in some kind of scandal here. And it just so happens that the day that the things start rolling here, Trump uh, gets indicted and... It's just, it's so transparently not only a biased FBI and justice system, it's also a cover-up. It's a straight-up cover-up of this Hunter Biden stuff. Well, and not only that, because it really, you can talk about the things they're doing and how it's wrong, and, and we can go on and on about that. But at the end of the day, like, this just hurts America, and yep. this hurts voters. You know what also hurts us? The Comer investigation into Biden. This also the constant, constant, constant wasting of time of them going after Trump for everything, anything, everything and anything. And this is this hurts all of us. These yeah. these things just hurt us all. And the voters and the American people are consistently ignored. And that is, you know, and I get it. I know some Trump people might come at me. I understand he seemed like he had a better handle as president than Joe Biden. I'm not denying that. But this constant celebritization of each politician and each family and and rooting for them as if they're a king like this is why we left england to call out these people (laughs) we're the kings we are the voter is the king we need to realize this i don't care if you're a republican if you're a democrat the great thing about this country is we get to tell you to either go in office or f off yeah. Like, that's it. That's bottom line. So I just don't understand this constant... You don't think there's importance to finding out whether, though, our politicians are in bed with the enemy? I'm not saying... it. I mean, it clearly seems like there's, for sure, some sort of malfeasance on all ends, really. So I want to investigate it, but at the same time, all of these people always find a way around because they know people and they, know they have yeah. money and they... There's nobody's ever really taken to the full extent that we want them to. And I'm not saying that I don't want them to. Honestly, whether it's Biden or Trump, if they're criminals to an extent, I hold them accountable because I know they would with you or I, you know, so because yeah. we're not in that club. So that's I'm sick of this. Just so, whether you're a powerful. Are you, 
against then the Trump arrest? I mean, it seems that yeah, I am if, against it. Okay, would you be in favor of it if Biden was also arrested? I guess if you frame it that way, yes, I'd want okay. them both in jail. I guess, but I mean, if you really want to compare it's apples, straight to, up political bias that we're seeing here. Yes, yeah. but if you really want to compare apples to apples, I would say it seems like what Trump did is way less important than what Biden did. Yeah. At least when it when it comes down to what both sides are alleging. I mean, again, not everything is out with both of these stories, so we're not sure exactly. I mean, there's even rumors that this document that they're holding him accountable for, they don't even know where it is. So that's, there's, there's so much in this that yeah. we don't know, but I, you know, as to what I said, if, if both of them quote unquote deserve to be arrested, I would want them both arrested, but it seems like both of them won't be. And we sit here wasting our breath yeah. and not talking about voters and our communities and how to improve these things. And, and then we sit there and like stoke the, the political culture wars more and more. Well, it's just, we do yeah. conservative radio. Well, yeah, yeah, that's our job. <laughs> it is. That's it why is. we're here. It is. Uh, Trump versus Biden looks like uh, if all things stay as they are is what we're going to see in another uh, presidential. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, like in your dream world. Oh, my dream world. Well, your I don't know. World, your utopia. Who would be the Dem? Who would be the Republican? Uh, the Rock and Kanye. Oh, no. Come on. Give me, give me a serious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I think I would go. I mean, if we're talking current candidates. Vivek has been winning me over recently. Really? Yeah, I do like Vivek the more I hear from him because he is a total outsider. Um, and I, I really like what he brings to the table in that sense. And he's also young, which I, I think he's 37, I looked up today. So he's pretty wow. much right at the brain. Like so he's then, right where you can just start running. The strategy then becomes, do you run a Democrat that it's a win-win situation or do you run a Democrat that's an easy win for Vivek? No, I want I want RFK. I want Robert F. Kennedy versus Vivek. <laughs> And and that was hard because I like Tim Scott too, it's but like I, crazy. Uh, I, that's what I want. That's what I, I think. Can you both imagine of them, those uh, debates, general election debates? They'd, they'd be they'd be a trip. But man, hey, and there's reports: eighty percent of Democrats supposedly want RFK to debate Biden. I would love that. I need. I mean, I need that. Great. I need that. We They're going to do that. everything in their power to keep the guy. Oh uh, yeah, so. yeah. I know. And honestly, it seems like Trump doesn't necessarily want to. What's do the number one either. topic you want RFK to corner Biden on? Hmm. There's that a lot of hard. Them. There's so many. Yeah. I guess Ukraine first. It seems like that's really what he's most zoned in on. At least the Kennedys. Now he's he is. Really, yeah. It was formerly yeah. coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, the corona thing, you can talk about Biden, you can talk about Trump, but then you also have to talk about the branches of government that impacted on that. I think COVID, it's a little more of a gray area. It's hard to like pin it on them. Um but yeah. you're but you're right. I think it would probably be Ukraine, maybe Afghanistan, because that you can't even Ukraine. You can kind of spin in like, oh, we need to maintain peace. Uh, you can't really spin the Afghanistan thing, yeah, in any real right. competent way. Good, so, good um, Tucker Carlson, uh, now 170 plus million views after his second episode, um, had a non uh, cease and desist uh, sent from Fox News because in his contract he says until uh, January 2025 they have the exclusive uh, pretty much rights to his public persona. Uh, so Tucker kind of stepping out here and doing this show. First off, how the hell do we get 170 million views? I mean, we've done four episodes. Yeah, now. can you guys help us out yeah, with like, that? <laughs> Share it. Send it to your friends, please. Uh, second off, uh, did you watch Carlson's show? You, you a fan? I have totally done a 180 on Tucker Carlson. I hated him. 
and now I totally like I almost did this happen like the after guy. the firing or is it something that it's been a long development it's been a long development and I mean even as recently as when I was in Connecticut I still wasn't in love with him but I think his dedication to what he believes in with almost no real trepidation like he does not care what he says on his show other than what he thinks he has to say on his show he does not care it seems like he gives literally zero thought into what others say about a show and he puts his all into making it as much as what he wants it to be sometimes that could be a little cringy or weird at times he's a quirky guy but i think at the end of the day he's the only talking head we saw on networks that actually kind of stuck to his guns and didn't cave to well, I the think network demands. I think that's eventually, I mean, obviously there's a lot with Dominion, but I think what led to his departure was, mm-hmm. I think Fox recognized too, out of all their hosts, he's the one guy that's not going to hop on the new train that we're trying to drive here. Yeah. Even Hannity, you see him doing it to a degree. Um, I mean, dude, that Hannity thing with Newsom, my God, yeah, yeah. my God. Like I was, it made me... I would never Gag. expect to see like like during the Tucker era with Sean. I would never expect to see Newsom on there with him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the that's Tucker acted like. That's the thing. Tucker didn't want to be associated with the rest of the network if they were going to play buddy buddy with kind of the big system. Yeah. And I know Tucker got caught with the with the Trump text, but that's the whole point. Tucker wasn't there to just defend Trump, even though at times he did. He was there to defend his opinions and try to defend principles and mm-hmm. to defend the Constitution. And, you know, I don't agree with everything Tucker says, but the fact that he was willing to go against the war machine, he was willing to go against giant corporations like BlackRock who advertise and so own part nobody, of Fox. Nobody else is going after it. That's like, what I, and, and you literally see BlackRock commercials during Fox broadcasts, and he was doing that. I really so think BlackRock is behind a ton of well, that and Dominion perils of society. Dominion, too. Well, I I'm meant, I meant just, Fox I'm just talking about overarching. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. I just, I, there, uh, you make a great point. I'm sorry to hone in on the BlackRock, mm-hmm. but you just don't see anybody else talking about it honestly. And the just massive amount of wealth they've accumulated. Because they're all paid to not say it. Of, yeah, you're right. They're all paid to not say it. So it tells you a lot if Tucker was willing to speak up a little bit on it. And, yeah, you know, I think he even had people talking about Ukraine and how they were having loans in Ukraine to build back. That's the only thing that concerns BlackRock. me about Tucker. There's a lot of conspiracies from the left that Tucker is somehow a Russian agent. And his first episode, he I mean, went he very did, anti-Ukraine. He did, he did stoke that a little too hard, I think, at times. Again, I didn't, I never said I agreed with everything. I don't agree with everything anyone says. Mm-hmm. So I just think it was, like you said, it was refreshing to have someone like Tucker who at least was willing to step on that ledge because yeah. it seems like we don't have anyone, you know, and the left doesn't even have that. They have no one that is, they barely have anyone that will call out their leaders who are terrible. So... Right. You know, I think that's one thing people should look at the right and see have you, them. Have you talked to one person on the left who has at all recognized the Hunter Biden situation as more than a conspiracy? I, yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, I think a lot of left-leaning people kind of feel the way I do when it comes to, like, the Biden and Trump stuff, where it's just like they're sick of it. Like, let's talk about American people and our finances yeah, like, and everyday lives and everyday issues. Like and they spend, this is ABC News are watching. Sorry, we have a TV to our left here. And it's been covering Trump turning himself into Miami for how many hours now? <laughs> what? 
in the last 12 hours, probably more. It's nuts. Yeah. It's just, I, I, Showing the same Waffle House video that's been out since Saturday, I think. I mean, I, I don't mean to say it. It's huge news, but it's the 24 hour news cycle, man. But that's the thing. That's why we need to be able to keep it fresh. There's so much information now, there's so much opportunity to learn now. There's places to bring together communities and try to have groups impact change. And we sit here just talking about national nonsense and families that like debate each other when like we could spend a lot of this time talking about how to improve our own things and help our own community, whether that's town, city, state, municipality, doesn't matter what it is. And I'm not saying that that, you know, the national stuff obviously matters too. But when we talk about it like this at verbatim and make one person David and the other like Goliath, it's just that's we can't keep doing that. We just can't. And that's why I always in this city i feel like it resonates so well especially with our sister station wip i mean no one can deny that every philly fan that calls wip loves the philly teams Mm -hmm. do you think we're gonna sit there and praise the flyers all the time just because we're flyers fans no if anything we're denouncing them are we gonna get get offended if somebody says something negative about the sixers no that happens to be true well it's like you could love your country and also be critical of the people that run it it's it's like come on like this is we need to it's the same thing i love the flyers i don't love the way that it's run you know that's why we're happy uh jonesy's in there now but it's the same like why I just don't understand why in politics, especially here in like these these northeast like hard nosed cities where we don't want to hear that BS. So I have issue with Jonesy. You have issue with Jonesy. Issue with Jonesy. Oh, he's the Odyssey guy too. So that's... I know it's just it's <laughs> the, the whole Pro V situation, trading away Provorov. I really uh, think I it, didn't get to chime in on on this with you and Dom. I, okay, I, I I really think it is a result uh, of his stepping out during the LGBT Pride. I no, totally 1,000% disagree. Yeah. I just think Tortorella, like, if anything, he was someone who put his neck out for proves and the way that he defended him, like, multiple so, days, so too, I, after that. And I, I don't want to put it out there. Like, I know a ton about the Flyers. Was, mm-hmm. was Pro, so I remember Proveroff as a, like, top 10 pick, huge prospect, really bright future. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like every guy we pick. It's yeah, like, oh, they're, 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 that's it. But, but my, my understanding time. was I thought after Ghost kind of fell off and started, you know, playing negatively, Provy stepped up and started being that, you know, good defenseman he that did, we expected no. him to be. He did. So did he fall off or was he still that quality defenseman? Like what, what's, what's the reason to trade the guy if not well, they're just cleaning house. Is Briere is trying to wash everything away from what's currently going on. It's just a toxic situation. They're paying people like Hayes too much. I mean, even Carter Hart, which I'm not really trying to move Carter Hart, but there are rumors that we'll trade him. And he's the young goaltender the Flyers found who's been pretty good. Yeah. I think if there's any piece you keep, it is Carter Hart. Don't let him go. Trade everything he's else away. Still, like, because he was... He's like good. I mean, he, he's struggled a little bit, but I mean, come on, with being on this this franchise, I think clean everything except him and and Provorov. He's Twenty four years old. We got a decent return for Provorov. They got a few picks. Um, it was a three team trade, so I don't know. I I understand why people say that, uh, but I would say if anything, um, they would be more worried about uh the player in the locker room last year. God, I can't even remember his name because he's so irrelevant. He was a Trump guy and he was tied to, uh, yeah, yeah. He was tied to ranting about Trump and I don't know. I I believe it was before they got him, but, uh, Tony D'Angelo. Yes. Yes. Tony D'Angelo. That's it. But he, if anything, he was the one labeled as a 
right-wing MAGA hockey locker room guy, and that's... So, I don't know. If anything was going to fit that narrative... Is that a common thing with Italians? D'Angelo? I guess. DeSantis? Yeah, I guess. Zioli, I guess, Giordano, yeah. Dorenzo. Dorenzo. Yeah, we're all assholes, so... <laughs> <laughs> very conservative uh, don't yeah don't miss rich Zioli here dine with uh rich or happy hour with with rich yeah, rich, Sorry. My, rich uh, called us out the other day oh, I, I stopped that. in the studio i thought i was being a kind guy i say hey rich you know we're looking to do our podcast uh, do you plan on streaming today he's like well you want me not to stream so you guys can do uh, your other side <laughs> like no no it's not what i'm asking you know i'm just i'm just seeing if uh, you are and what we can plan around you so, your yeah, priority. we're not yeah so rich is the priority he's yeah. definitely priority tune That's in why. for rich at five okay. yeah he's gonna be here at five don't miss that um sticking on sports here oh wait bubba just said uh when trump was leaving uh a guy tried to attack him supposedly mm. yeah we gotta look into that my yeah. god this today's nuts today's sure, nuts uh, with all this rich at five will be definitely talking about that if that indeed happened yeah um i want to get into more sports nuggets winning the finals jokic afterwards asked you know you've won the files what do you, what do you have to say he responds you know, job is done, time to go home. Very Jokic kind of thing to say. Hey, I want to hate the guy because of their fans and, and like, the feud between... I'm happy that MB- it I mean, I like I like Jokic, and, and I'm going to be mature enough to say it right now. I do like him. He deserved it. He- are, are you like me, though, where I, I was always, like, I, I was annoyed that he kept winning the MVP, but then this past season, um, Embiid finally wins it, and then, as we saw, uh, things fell apart in the playoffs. There's a part of me that's like, I want Jokic to win this just so Embiid feels like crap. Well, I do like that. I do like, I haven't even thought about it like that, but I like how you're thinking because we do need Embiid to have a fire lit under him. Yeah. Um, But that's also why I've been pretty annoyed with seeing a lot of the Denver takes about, oh, oh, he's not just MVP, he's a real MVP. He won it all. Can you guys stop? That's what happened the last two years. You haven't looked good in the playoffs ever until this year. So please, for the love of God, miss me with that take. I think the Sixers, if they make the right decisions, and I really, really do like Nick Nurse. I'm already talking myself back on this ledge. But I, I do think the Sixers, really, especially now when there's not really super teams, they really have a chance here to make that next step. And you're right. Seeing a guy like Jokic who won back-to-back MVPs and then after falling short and looking like he would never be able to do it, then goes on a run and does it himself, I mean... What can How what, much do you what give credit can, to Murray and Gordon though? I give them more credit than people want to because yeah. everyone's going to act like it's only Jokic, but you need help, especially I mean Sixers fans alone know that. You can't just win with a guy like Embiid. We've been looking for the right shooters to compliment him for just years. Yeah. Years. And honestly, I think that guy's already here and it's Maxi and we need to focus on him. But uh, to your point, we really do need Jokic to be that next like, like example for what Embiid yeah. Embiid needs to hold himself to that you kind of standard. You can't assume though that Embiid. So Jokic, they talk about him WIP a lot. He's able to grab the rebound, take it down the court himself, and score. Whereas Embiid, uh, he, you know, if we want to do that consistently, he's going to have to hand it off to a point guard to pass it back to him when he, you know, gets under the basket or at the three point line. But you that's for the. I, I think that's for our own good because he's just. You can't. He's so big. You can't just let him be the well, primary ball becomes, handler. Are, are we asking, are we expecting too much out of Embiid by thinking that he can be some facilitator, number yes. one on a team? I'm not saying he can't be number one, but he's a center still. And I get it, today's NBA is different, but you can't just like let him be the point and like a point forward the way that like a LeBron or a Durant is. You open it to just trading doesn't... him? No. No? 
Because what well, I think the Sixers, especially right now, I know he just won MVP, but they're they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. They've lost in the second round how many times now? If you try to move him for something significant, all those GMs know what else are you going to do? If you're if they if you're looking desperate enough to trade Embiid right now, like they have nothing to lose. Yeah, they'll just give you. I mean, will you get a return for him? Yes, but I still don't think you get the return that that essentially you deserve for him. Like that window may have passed at this point. You don't think you can get like three firsts from him? You probably could, but I'm not trying to play the process game again. Yeah. We can't that doesn't work. I like they bring back Sam Hankey, you know. I mean, we should have never let him go. I mean, the whole NBA yeah. colluded against the Sixers to get him out of here. That's a whole nother story. But um, you know, I you can't just go, oh, process two <laughs> Here we go. That's not we have to especially right now with how the NBA again, the league is wide open. A lot of people thought the Jazz had no chance, mm-hmm. you know, um, or the Jazz. What am I saying? The Nuggets. Yeah, I'm getting I, my I Midwest get teams. Too. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm doing that. Yeah, no, do but um, yeah, I mean, nobody nobody thought Jokic was going to do it after winning MVP back to back. So, you know, I think the NBA is in a different spot. They, we lived throughout eras of okay, it's the the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. They're going to win it. And then, oh, uh, the San Antonio Spurs are too good. They're going to win it. And, and the then, Warriors. And then the Warriors. Yeah. And then the Heat. And, and the NBA is not that right now. The talent's really leveled out. The young guys have really kind of almost caught up to that star level a lot quicker than these other guys did. I mean, back when LeBron was a young guy, you almost like moved up around and around and around, got eliminated, moved up around. That's almost like every year gradually making it farther. You don't even really see that anymore. Look, Jason Tatum's been to two finals. Yeah. I know he lost both, but, like, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. These young players are really popping out. Like, they're they're jumping to another level a lot quicker than we saw in the early 2000s. And so, I don't know. I, I That's why I think Maxi might really be that guy. And maybe, you know, we're, we're expecting a lot out of Harden. I get it. But Harden's never going to be that guy. It's going to be Maxi. Yeah. It really will be. All right, so let me ask you this. I'm going to propose a scenario to you. Um, a lot of the news around LeBron is that his next destination, if he continues playing, wants some kind of agreement that they'll draft his son so he can have the chance to play with his son. Yep. So, uh, I mean, I LeBron James alone, if you got him for a year, I think we could both agree that would be great to bring in LeBron. Just, just alone. But with the I... agreement with his son, where do you stand? Well, I don't know if the Sixers will be a low enough pick to get a son, so that's the issue. Is he going to go that high? He's pretty good. Bronny's pretty good. Really? I mean, when your dad... I thought Bronny was just trash, and it was essentially he was... I mean, when you dad was asking for him to get drafted higher. When you have the best dietitians and best trainers and and best facilities, it's, you know... it's I mean, you're a Nepo baby, but come on. (laughs) He's good. He's going to be very good, in my opinion. I think LeBron set him up only to succeed... And I really don't think it's going to be a contending team like the Sixers. And I really, I always look at it as this: when you're when you're acquiring LeBron, you're also acquiring a GM. Like he is, he you is all over. of that, all encompassing at once. He's almost like a credit card, and you can only take it for so long, and then you eventually have to pay off the balance after listening to all his demands. You're, and that's a great, great and, analogy. Yeah, I mean, he really. It's just not worth the baggage in my mind, and I'm not trying to say LeBron James is is a, is a problem and wouldn't help the team. He would, 
But if he's going to make it about his son, and then maybe, oh, who knows what, what maybe he wants us to bring in Chris Paul. and like, His son's it, AAU just, teammates that are now in the NBA. It, it, I just think you need to stick with Embiid. You need to stick with our core, and, and you have to find compliments to that. I do like LeBron, and if LeBron didn't have these demands, but once LeBron starts with these demands, when do they end? Yeah. And I don't want anything to do with that. So. I feel like LeBron's got to accept at some point that he's how old now? 36 or whatever he is. Yeah. Um, so let's get into what's worth watching. Um, I've watched a couple of new things to suggest. First thing I want to suggest, uh, a local show, believe it or not, right over in Runnymede, New Jersey. I, I had no idea this existed. There's a place called Golden Auctions, G-O-L-D-I-N. Have you ever heard of Golden Auctions? I don't think so. It's surprising that you haven't heard of them because they do, a, according to this TV show, so let me put it out there. It's called um, King of Collectibles, The Golden Touch, and it came out late April on Netflix and it's still going on. And it's essentially, I, I love the American Pickers type shows. Mm-hmm. I love, uh, you know, Pawn Stars. And it's kind of like that show. But it's all centered in sports and entertainment memorabilia. So it, it's right across the bridge in Runnymede. They have an auction house. And the things they're auctioning off at this house are, you have a Jackie Robinson jersey that the first episode ends. And the current bid is at $7 million, which doubles the amount of the highest uh, ever sold Jackie Robinson jersey at three and a half. Jeez. And then if it, it, I think a Babe Ruth jersey was like five and a half. So if this sells, it would be the highest you know piece of jersey memorabilia of all time. Um, it's a freaking good show, man. It's really well done. They do a bunch of social media marketing, allegedly, and that's how they drive up these prices. And it's all like hyper expensive stuff. Uh, they're talking about getting a Babe Ruth baseball, um, real stuff from movies. I highly suggest it, especially because it's local, and I hope that this thing continues and turns into the next Pawn Stars. That is awesome. I mean, you don't see anything like that. I guess this is maybe the first one I've heard of since, like, the Netflix streaming era. I feel like the last time I heard, yeah, I think of, like, Antique Roadshow. Yeah. On PBS. It's, very, it's, yeah. like, it's like a new, it's a new uh, yeah. you know, sleeker version of that type of Antique Roadshow, American Pickers, and... And what they do is they'll show you the piece of memorabilia, give a little bit of history about it, and the, the characters are entertaining. The guy that owns it flies on a private jet. Um, one of the segments in the first episode was he flies up to uh, Toronto from Philly. They show Philly Airport and everything. Uh, fly up to Toronto and meets with Drake to do an unboxing of uh, cards in search of a triple logo Jumpman card is what they call it. Oh it's it's a card that's allegedly worth millions of dollars. There's only one that exists and it hasn't been found yet. So him and Drake do like some social media thing. It's just, a, it's an awesome show. I, I highly suggest if you're into the American Pickers type. Yeah, for sure. Series. For sure. What are you watching? Um, I've been kind of all over the place. I saw the new Spider-Man finally, which. How was it? Oh my God, man. It's awesome. And Oh, I thought you were going to say it's bad. No, it's okay. amazing. It's everything and more. Um, it's a cartoon. So yeah, if, if you're not like... into cartoons, but I'm telling you, this is the, almost the coolest cartoon I've ever seen. Um, Into the Spider Verse is the first one. I believe it's still on Netflix. You cool can catch why? it before. Cool, like, why? Because of the, how it looks. It's really like it, it's licensed and approved by the National Comic Book Association, so they approve all of the scenes and all of the artwork, and it plays as if you're watching the coolest comic book move, just like before your very so like eyes. So, actual constantly. reading. Uh, virtual comic book and it moved the the colors the the animations um and especially is it the same kind of animation as uh, the one the first one into yes, the Spider-Verse? yeah or? it is uh obviously i'm sure i think they used more artists in this one because there's just so many scenes and i know the one scene specifically um where the main character is being chased i think they took 
the entire four years since the other one and, and worked and curated and curated and curated. And I mean, you can really, and this is that type of movie that because comic book nerds love Spider-Man, you could just thrive off of how cool it looks and of all the nostalgia and the little like Easter eggs from either comics or old movies that they put in it. But really like it goes in deeper than that. And the story's great and it ends a little bit on a cliffhanger, but another one's coming out directly next year to wrap can up this trilogy. Can they name these things better though? Yeah, it's the absolutely little, terrible. Yeah, the first it, even, one, what, it confuses it actually, me. The first one's into the Spider-verse. into the Spider Verse. This one is Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Like, why would they do that? Yeah, that's very confusing. It makes it impossible to talk. It's about. hard. Like, like to how how do we yeah. talk about the stories of both yeah. and referring to both? Yeah, no. Oh, uh, Anne is saying, "Where is Rich? Rich will be on. Don't yeah, worry. Rich is on at five. Guys. Rich yeah, will please. be kicking us off. Don't R- worry. Rich is alive over on the Odyssey app right now. Yeah, Go listen to Odyssey. Odyssey. Listen to Twelve Town. He's there. Don't worry. We yeah. just hijack it for our podcast. We know Don't we worry. are nothing compared to the Mister <laughs> Um Another thing I want to talk about: the Night Agent on Netflix. Have you checked this one out? I need to watch that one. I didn't. It's I didn't some catch hype it yet. online. Uh, a lot of fun. It's just like a standard FBI show. Um, a tech uh, person who loses her job uh, visits. She goes bankrupt, moves in with her aunt and uncle. Uh, the night she moves in, the house is broken into, and she finds out while they're being killed that they're uh, secret agents because they pass her off a phone number for what's called the night agency in the FBI. And it's the story of... Uh, so th- she calls over to the night agency. The night agent is a guy by the name of Peter Sutherland, played by Gabriel Basso. Mm-hmm. And the story is essentially... She calls over, and I don't know what the conspiracy is yet, but there's some conspiracy playing out in the White House. And uh, the two agents who were murdered, the aunt and uncle, were investigating the conspiracy. And his job now is to protect Rose, the tech person who went bankrupt. And it's a story that you find out with the, you know, it's action-packed. And you kind of find out with the characters what's going on in the conspiracy. And I love those types of shows. I like that, too. And I'm into anything really, like, crime investigation. I'm a huge true detective guy. Um so a lot of that I will definitely check that out. Um I know you were talking about idols. This the new idol, H- the idol. or the idol. Yeah, the the idol, idol, sorry. Did um, you watch it yet? I caught I think like the first twenty five minutes of the first episode. Okay. But then I also saw clips on Twitter of the second so, episode? Of some of it, yeah. I and haven't watched the second episode yet. I watched the first episode. One, and the creator of Euphoria made this show, which I, I actually really like Euphoria. I thought The Weeknd made it. He's just starring in well, it? Well, he worked with the creators of Euphoria. Okay, because it, 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 looks like, it looks like it's shot like a weekend video. The, the opening mm-hmm. scene is like just two minutes staring at the girl's face, and mm-hmm. you're like, what the hell is going on here? Like, <laughs> is the show going to start? It's creepy. Uh, sure. So th- this, the idol is essentially, uh, like, think Britney Spears here, kind of. A, a girl, a uh, pop star, goes through a troubled situation, uh, checks herself into a mental hospital. Uh, the show picks up as she checks herself out, and uh, it starts the weekend as the male lead who plays a cult leader uh, who finds uh, Johnny Depp's daughter who plays the female lead uh, in the club. Uh, She's the pop star. And it's essentially... I guess the best way to describe it is it's a creepier Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, if you've watched Euphoria, I think you have an idea of like... The cinematography and the colors are crazy, but then also it just the like... I feel very focus uncomfortable on, while watching this. Yeah, I don't know yeah. the same way with Euphoria. Well, it is a little... Uh, they, they focus more on like drug use, I guess, in Euphoria, but they, they focus on sex and those kind of things as well and, and different a lot of mental health. Yeah, and that's... You know, the thing with that, it does seem, I think, a little really inappropriate at times, but I, this director also was a drug addict and 
I think they make these scenes feel almost like I heard when people were watching Euphoria and they were drug addicts, they almost had to like turn it off because really? it, it was almost like too real for them to obviously it's not like you're experiencing the drug, but the scene almost made them reminisce to that point so much that it's like it feels very and I think that's why people feel this might seem rapey or oh, a little bit like yeah, they, they mentioned yeah. at one point that the guy seems rapey uh, the character that the weekend plays and it's completely true I, I, I don't I, I really don't like the weekend I think the guy has an incredibly large ego uh, he thinks he's some kind of artist uh, there was there's the one thing where he wore uh, he got like the fake plastic surgery where he redid his face for one of his albums yeah. like he does really weird yeah. stuff and the entire time I was watching this I just thought this show is literally just the guy self-servicing his ego. You have a really, really good-looking girl in Depp's daughter playing the lead. Goes out and finds in the in a club, the guy's at the time, she recognizes him as a club DJ and randomly starts dancing with her like he's some hot shit. And then she goes home from the club and pleasures <laughs> uh, herself to the idea <laughs> of her missed hookup with The Weeknd. Oh the Weeknd, you're not an attractive dude by any means. Like, it's... you're. you're you know what it is? It's literally the weekend. First of all, everyone was obsessed with Euphoria at one point, like at least pop culture wise within the past couple of years. So he probably watched it like everyone else said, I love this. Reached out to the- I want to do something the, about yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, reached out to the creator of the show. I was like, here, let's make one about me. And you can yeah. tell that the guy is just kissing his own ass. Like yeah. he thinks so highly of himself that, and no spoil. I mean, spoilers because I don't know if anyone's actually going to watch this yeah. crap. It's got like 26% <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, but he plays like a, the leader of a sex cult and supposedly like all these girls are attracted to him and he can woo them and sounds like we're talking about politics now yeah <laughs> uh, and uh, then okay. uh, you know what? we're out of time we gotta we yeah, gotta we get are. out of the way because rich zioli is coming up here at five and you know we yeah. gotta we gotta step aside happy hour with rich Get your, get your cocktails ready. So, But that's all I got for today. Uh, I'm going to be on again at noon. But, Anthony, why don't you close things out and tell us where you, they can find you. Yes, check us out. So you'll find Rich here, as we just said, at 5 on YouTube, 5 till 6. And then, obviously, always live on the Odyssey app. Uh, our podcast here, The Other Side, you can find us now live on the Odyssey app, live on Apple Podcasts, live on Spotify. Anywhere you find your podcast, you can find this. So this will also be up there, as well as, obviously, YouTube. And, uh, yeah, tune in to us tomorrow starting at 6 a.m. Live with Kalen Company, 10 a.m. with Dawn, uh, 12 p.m. with Mr. Dom Giordano, and 3 with we'll Rich. So keep it locked in here. Thank you guys so much for watching. As always, uh, always crazy stuff going on. Uh, hopefully I-95 doesn't get uh, right. what, 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 Next destroyed. time we come on, what is, what's going <laughs> to Tornado rip through the city? Like Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's hope uh, the city stays a little maintained for now, but. Thanks so much for watching, guys. Have a have a great week.